G'day Money Miners, welcome back to a new week of the go-to mining news. 15th of May, Monday, and what a day to start the week with some big news and some unexpected news than what we, what everyone else was thinking based on the AFR Street Talk articles yesterday. Genesis, GMD have come back with an improved bid for St. Barbara's Leonora Assets. Bit of a work of uh, a work of class here, and we're going to get right into it. It's very, very impressive how all this has uh, unfolded. JD Trav, how are we, lads? Matty, how are we? We've been deep diving into God ASX listing rules. Sorry, I have, but uh, we're right into it today. I'm looking forward to covering this. JD Trav, let's go over the new deal. How's your weekend, mate? It was good, mate. I've been waiting for this the whole time, been thinking about it. Let's. I'm, I don't even want to. I don't even want to chit chat today, JD. Let's just get right into it. Let's do it. Genesis have come back with a revised offer, an improved offer of. There's an extra five million shares up front, so that those five million shares are valued at six point two seven five million on today's Genesis price, and now the performance rights that we quoted in our previous episodes, the $60 million contingent value, which was based on 52,173,913 shares. But based on today's price, that is worth $65.5 million. Those performance rights were contingent on Tower Hill reaching first production. Now, there is a deadline that those performance rights, they still exist but if St. Barbara shareholders sign off on this revised Genesis deal before June 30, those performance rights are converted into fully paid ordinary Genesis shares. Okay, now this is the big – we can get into what we see in this announcement, but I see this as the biggest part of the announcement and a bit of a masterclass from Mr. Finn Layson because this – item right here means that if St. Barbara now f- choose to engage with Silver Lake and potentially delay this deal going through, that those performance rights will not be converted into fully paid shares. Yeah, and we've also got the, the key detail weaved into the, the four-page announcement today that the St. Barbara board are sticking with Genesis and they've deemed that the revised Silver Lake uh, proposal that we spoke about last Thursday doesn't meet their fiduciary out exception. Yeah, right. Trav, first take, mate. First take. Did that, was that, I guess, what's standing out to you the most with this? We've got a lot to get into. Let's get right into it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's, this is, um, when I look at this, I just think of the strategy, right? Because, you know, we're all expecting St. Barbara board to meet yesterday, according to the AFR. And, and we're thinking the two options are grant due diligence to Silver Lake or not grant due diligence to Silver Lake and just choose the existing Genesis bid. Um, as, as you know, the superior offer still. And um, what's actually happened here is a third option, which is uh, Genesis put in a revised offer and that one um, gets you know, sort of deemed as, uh, as, as, you know, so superior that, that there is no need to grant due diligence to Silver Lake at all. So I just think here's, here's an option that, you know, we, we never hypothesised about that sort of come about and sort of reshaped our thinking and we sort of think this is actually pretty clever. And just, just remember there, our... our Comments on the discount rate applied to that contingent Tower Hill payment on first oil, which was $60 million, And we said, look, you'd take $20 million off that as a potentially a three-year – three years you'd have to wait for that payment. So that might only be worth $48 million in today's terms. But now the big thing is that that will be, on today's price, worth $65 million upfront to St. Barbara shareholders – upon completion if signed off by June 30. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get more into that in the detail. Just with a, with a quick take, it's probably worth mentioning what the share prices have done today. So Silver Lake is up roughly 5%, Genesis uh, marginally down about 3% when I last checked, and St. Barbara down as well. So that sort of gives you the indication, just looking what the Silver Lake price had done over the past two weeks from when they first announced that they were interested in the Leonora assets. You can sort of see that the the market 
hasn't been too receptive to the idea of them spending close to $700 million on, on these assets. And yeah, those shareholders at Silver Lake are now happy that it looks like Genesis are going to be the ones winning out. Um, and just recently, I think it was about an hour ago before this recording, um, Silver Lake are actually up 7.8%. There so you go. There, yep. there's a big kick based on just emphasises that point. Just really. looking at the investors are possibly pricing in the fact that they might walk away from this, um, but we'll, we can go through those scenarios as well. Now, look, as we mentioned before, to be clear, we're not in cahoots with anyone in this. This is purely our research on the uh, information we've been given. We haven't had the opportunity to interview Dan, Raul or Luke Tonkin on this. Look, we're more than happy to accommodate any of them that would like to come on. So, look, these are our takes and uh, a lot of our takes last week were based on the Silver Lake information that was put out as that was the major information that was put out. Now we've got this Genesis piece today which um, – as Trav mentioned, we were expecting just St. Barbara to come out and say we're not uh, letting Silver Lake in the door. That's what the AFR was uh, really highlighting. But this has really come out of left field and got everything everything happening. So I'm still um, I'm still in favour of the panel, Maddie. I think that is the future of M&A. We bring the three of them on and uh, it's a free-for-all. Well, so it's hard enough to get an MD to lock into a tie. Imagine trying to get three of them with a sync <laughs> calendar. So I think they could make it work for this one. <laughs> right, Trav, do you want to go into the detail of the changing of the contingent payment? Yeah, mate. So, like, th- I think this is interesting, right? Like, we what our, our probably biggest critique um, of the St. Barbara's initial view of the Silver Lake offer was that, you know, it, it certainly did seem... Um, you know, like like value, like superior value, right? Um, and and that was emphasised by Silver Lake. Now, I think what they've done here is they've come to the part, like Genesis have come to the party on value, and now value really does look very similar to Silver Lake's proposal to the point where you absolutely like it's a defensible position to to um, stand behind. You know the 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 conditionality um, element because value looks really similar. So they've they've effectively just um, you know eliminated the. Uh, the contingent part, like you, you you mentioned, as long as it's approved pre-30 June. And um, all of a sudden, that's upfront consideration. And if you are a, you know, if you're a St. Barbara shareholder, all of a sudden, it looks like the read-through is that you're going to get those Genesis, those extra Genesis shares distributed to you early, um, as opposed to them actually just being distributed to the company, St. Barbara, in, you know, three years time, which like as a shareholder of St. Barbara, it makes a massive difference. You're, you would much rather that than, you know, wait for the company to get given them in three years' time and then there's no real certainty that the company's even going to give them to you. So, and, you know, like in, who knows if you would even be holding on to the St. Barbara shares um, for all that time to be entitled to the Genesis ones in the future. So I just think it's a much better outcome for a St. Barbara shareholder. And it's also pretty pretty smart what the, the sort of Genesis unit has done. This deal has obviously been in the works for a long time and they... I'm sure didn't want to have to do any sort of massive restructuring. Now this looks like the cleanest way they could restructure the deal without having to, you know, go back with a completely revised thing. I'm sure they've run this by the guys of Super who are taking a large chunk and RCF as well. But just bringing that contingent forward seems the best way to sort of improve that deal without, you know, massively changing it. They've improved value without having to tap new equity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really important point. There is that extra five million shares that takes them up to that to the nineteen point nine percent threshold. Yeah. Um, do you think that this po- this was the ace up the sleeve for a while? If things did get to this stage that it has, that this was always a potential to sweeten the deal from Rail's end. I think so because, like, like think about it from Genesis's side. The alternative to this is risking. Um, yeah, risking that that you know the door gets open to Silver Lake, it gets deemed a superior bid, and then you have to match it. So they're kind of just preempting the match by you know and, and preempting the the delay that sort of happens in that entire process um, by kind of coming to the party earlier and, and, and knocking down that before it even starts. Yeah, and we sort of you know predicted that the pressure on the St. Barbara board would would sort of mount over what's now been the past couple of weeks, and like Trav touched on before, this is a good way for them to. Um, you know, save face and get a better deal to show to their shareholders. Totally. It's a, it's a much more defensible position than just coming out with a flat flat no. But but I don't think it wouldn't have had as much of impact 
if there wasn't that 30th of June deadline that they put, as you said, a contingent on the contingent, the, the contingent payment has now been con made contingent again based <laughs> on this being approved. So, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that 30th of June date has been the elephant in the room for, for a while now. Everyone knows but something. Nothing was ever contingent on it. <laughs> it was a guideline, but now if it's not done. Yeah, this is clever deal protection baked into the revised terms by the Genesis side. Um, yeah, absolutely. So to tie, tie that in with Genesis's strategy, well, probably not the overarching strategy of the project, but they are saying if you now let Silver Lake in the door, you will not get these. So there's, it's, I think it's really, it's really putting the pressure on that they don't engage with Silver Lake and we'll go through the scenarios. Will Silver Lake come back with another bid? Yeah, and you've got that no talk, no shop sort of clause that's been in, in the original agreement between Genesis and St. And St. Barbara, and that was just underlined again in the announcement today. They've included it in the appendix. Did you see that? Yeah. Very, yeah. very, very interesting. We no longer have to hypothesize about them. <laughs> They've included it for us. Right. Strategy from the St. Barbara board angle. Okay. The higher proposal from Genesis, in contrast to having to say a flat, no to engaging with Silver Lake, trying to sell that to their shareholders to say that we are going to say no, we're going to use Genesis even though it's a on paper a higher consideration, seems to uh, alleviate those concerns now. Yeah, I think one of our biggest critiques when we first started talking about this a couple of weeks ago was that the St. Barbara board came out and said that they deem it to be a 9% better proposal by Silver Lake and then we sort of put the lens on that that if you look at what their share price has done over the past couple of years why aren't they you know jumping over the table and grabbing the guy's shirt to rip off that you know nine percent extra for their shareholders and now that now that Genesis rather have come in offered a, a better deal it's much more defensible like we sort of said before so they can they can sell that to their their shareholders that they've they've done the right thing and the deal becomes much more contingent on those conditionality and timing clauses as opposed to the actual dollar value of the deal totally and and if you sort of preempt what silver lake might have done next if if saint barbara just came out with a flat no what might they have done next well they might have reduce some of the conditionality associated with their first deal to really make the value point even more prominent. So they could have, you know, had, um, had it funded by equity or, um, or reduce some, some of the other conditions to make it even more similar. Um, so it really just becomes an argument on value. And, and by Genesis sort of coming out now with this revised proposal, it actually just sort of, you know, um, minimizes that possibility because now the, the value is actually very comparable. And the, what Silver Lake share price has done during, from when they first announced the deal, uh, I think it's definitely been a detriment to their uh, success in everything because that script component, the on paper value initially was above, the headline number was above 700 million, but due to their share price uh, going down so much since that, they're, well, you're putting the deals side by side now are pretty essentially on par in value and that's really the market voting on what on what they thought of the the silver lake deal isn't it yeah yeah they're probably the, you know the market is probably a bit a bit dubious of price for an under, underperforming asset um and maybe it does speak to to some of the genesis talking or sorry the saint barbara talking points about um yeah de demonstrating plans for the asset um what, what, what's intended there albeit there's no clear operational synergies so genesis are also putting in a 25 million dollar deposit for the uh, that'll go into escrow. What's your read on this thing? Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one. We saw in the Silver Lake proposal as well that they'd arrange for a $25 million working capital facility. And I think the key takeaway is obviously that St. Barbara are in a pretty dire cash position. And just sort of speculating on what that what that cash could be used for, given what you said, Maddie, that it's that it's escrowed, you could speculate that uh, St. Barbara, who need the cash to, to back these environmental bonds with their Canadian asset Atlantic, it might be used for that and then free up cash in turn for them to use on, on their operations and, and so on. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, a, a potential read there, yeah. Right, let's go over the production targets. So now I've been asked this by, by an avid listener, a couple actually, that can they actually quote these production targets based on 
the fact that they don't own these reserves yet, there's inferred components. How does it all work? So Genesis have quoted that their production growth to a sustainable 300,000 ounces per annum, yeah, for the pro forma, then yeah, the footnote of that sends you to the 17th of April announcement showing the resources and reserves of St. Barbara. Then you've got Silver Lake then quoting last week that the – Genuine, they will be a genuine mid-tier gold producer with immediate gold production of 400,000 ounces per annum after this post the transaction. So the, there's ASX listing rules that you know determine what needs to be disclosed for this to, to put these production targets out. So in the main, so there's 5.16 and 5.18. So 5.18 relates to operating mines. Okay, which I, which I assume Silver Lake were trying to go under 5.18 and then 5.16 is for uh, like mineral resources and ore reserves, two or more mining projects which are together material. So like not, not actual all operating mines. So it says that – and you, if you're on YouTube, you'll be able to follow some perfectly highlighted documents straight out of the listing rules to show you this. So it says here all material assumptions – on which the production target is based have to be provided. So if you look at what uh, Genesis have provided, so in both the – so there was the Hoover House initial proposal, then the updated one with the New Deal. If you see here, it's clearly shown by Genesis that their plan was that seven to 800,000 tonnes was coming out of Gualia, six to 700,000 tonnes was coming out of Ulysses, and that – Using that, that's what's going to fill up the the Leonora Mill. So that that was their plan. They've put out their uh, resources for reserves and resources for combined of Gualia, uh, the Leonora projects, and their Ulysses. Though that seventeenth of April announcement, which was the detailed resources and reserves put out by Saint Barbara on Genesis's platform, it appears that the ASX have then. Uh, asked that they needed to put that out because what they provided initially, I guess, wasn't enough. It needed to be the detailed or reserves and resources for Leonora for this to work and to satisfy that uh, item of 5.16. Um, and then you go down to the next one. It just needs to show the relevant proportions of your probable or reserves, proved or reserves and your inferred indicated and measured resources. So that's what that 17th of April document satisfies. And if you keep on going through, you've got plenty of, uh, plenty of legal stuff this. So if a proportion of the production target is based on inferred mineral resources, which is what's contained uh, at Ulysses, a cautionary statement proximate to and with equal prominence has to be stated. So you'll see that in the footnotes of the Genesis announcement, the most recent one, there is this footnote here, but I'm not sure if equal prominence means that that needs to be in big writing or or something, but it's that that cautionary statement is in there. What's the footnote? What's it say? Uh, so the footnote is there is a low level of geological confidence associated with inferred mineral resources, and there's no certainty that further exploration work will result in the determination of indicated mineral resources or that the production target itself will be realised. So that's what you have to put if there's a, that inferred component. Yeah, I think it's worth, you know, wondering what the, what the ASX does here and how they go about it. And, like, I think a good analogy would be to sort of refereeing a, a footy game or something like that, you know. that It's not always going to be the exact same. They try and keep it consistent, but it's not going to be consistent across every single ASX announcement you see. It's not always going to be the exact same. They've just got these rules they try and stick to. Yeah, and I think the fact that uh, Genesis have put out on the 17th of April the detailed St. Barbara ore reserves and resources and combined with the actual plan. So now for all this to work, uh, the I guess the, the DD side of things for both parties. So the Genesis have come up with, they've got their integrated model of this consolidated Leonora operation. So they've signed off on that. The DD's been done between St. Barbara and Genesis. It's, it's in the final stages of the deal being done before Silver Lake come in. So with that both being signed off by both parties, so Barb's have done their DD on Ulysses, they've they can quote announce target uh, with all that. And it sounds like that 17th of April resource reserve statement was the final piece of that. Though 
Silver Lake's claim to be able to get to 400,000 ounces, I guess that's the bit of the, the hazy bit where they, they're trying to go under 5.18, which you can see on the on the video. Saying so this, is, that, this is Silver Lake saying that, that on they'll, they'll be an immediate mid-tier gold producer of 400,000 ounces, yeah. which is a forward-looking statement. So what your, your, your question is how do they stand behind that? Is that Ex- right? Exactly, because yeah. they... They don't have to. They are using the fact that the Leonora asset that they are buying is an operating mine, which puts them under five point one eight. And as long as you don't, as you see at the bottom there, the the indicated mineral resources are not the determining factor in the project viability. So it's saying they don't need to follow five point one six to five point one seven. So it's just, I guess, the hazy bit saying. Are they able to provide this based on the fact they have not done DD on Saint Barbara? Uh, that they and St. Barbara haven't done DD on them to say the pro forma production is going to be 400,000 ounces. So um, I hope that answers the question to people that raised it. Yeah, we, we spoke with um, Mr. Spectre, who is um, uh, anonymous an, lawyer, an experienced uh, uh, MA and ASX listing rules lawyer who, um, who knows a thing or two on the matter. And, and his sort of take was um, that, that Silver Lake could could say that statement, the 400,000 ounce, you know, pro forma, um, mid-tier gold producer forward-looking statement, you know, given the reasonableness of that statement, um, which can just come down to St. Barbara's publicly disclosed mineral resource and reserve statement and also historic production levels, even though they haven't done DD. Yeah, and keep, that, keep in mind they won't be including you know Ulysses or in that in that number. It's just nah, Saint Barbara's nah, well. Yeah, purely what Silver Lake are currently producing plus what is anticipated from Leonora. So anyway, bit bit hazy. But as I said, there's uh, plenty of grey areas on the ASX. Now, any other, I guess, announcement bombs we want to talk about hidden in the uh, print within today's Genesis announcement? Well, we've had a few suspicions about like how far along were they with developing Ulysses essentially so they've, they've come out and announced it in in Genesis announcement today so development is well underway there underground mining from the September quarter Admiral open pit mining from the September quarter as well and the uh, maiden reserve coming out in June so I guess the the first thing that springs to my mind is have they gone about developing this without having released a reserve to market and how I'd sort of think through that would be that they're they're waiting on the transaction to wrap up before coming out with the reserve because it's just so dependent on that transaction. What do you guys think? Yeah, probably probably right. The mineable shapes depend on the economics, which which are influenced by the ability to, to blend the ore. Absolutely, and they've of course got the um, the Dacian mill hundred odd k's away, so they do have a, a mill to to rely on. But the 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 mill at Gualia obviously changed the, the economics quite a bit, doesn't it? Well, if they if they did truck the the ore to the Dacian mill, which was, was an easy easy option for them, I guess that extra seventy k's, um, like the back of the envelope figure, is you lose a gram of ore per hundred k's of trucking. So yeah, that's it, right. That would come into the actual mine plan. That whether whether that would mean you would take some stopes and some not based on the viability of them, but it just means that they would be losing a bit off the off the back end. Yep. So, but it's a, a, and probably something that I uh, dismissed last week is you know the fact that it wasn't an easy option. Uh, but I think it's not that hard of an option for them to truck it to Dacian if this whole. And we'll talk about this if um, the scenarios. But look, if this fell over for Genesis, they're not uh, definitely. It's it's not a showstopper if they don't have the Leonora Mill. That's for sure. Yeah, that's right. So the other thing that stood out was the owner-operator model. They have, of course, flagged this. They um, they put a, a couple paragraphs toward it in their half-yearly announcement, which came out in February of Genesis this year. Genesis Mining Services, they're calling it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So they've ordered the the open pit fleet. That's all. That's all coming. That's a bit different to what Raleigh and the team did at Saracen, isn't it? It looks it. I mean, it, it, yeah. I mean, the whole um, owner-operated model as a as a as a mine owner and also operating the mining service as part of it is interesting we've obviously seen that be you know part of the model of of northern star we're seeing you know bill go for a similar thing with develop um a bit of a sign of the times potentially and on, on how to have you know maximum margin as a as a miner exactly to help keep yeah, those I, operating costs right down it, won't it? And, and if you've got the capital up front to you know capitalize all the equipment um 
as we've mentioned before, a lot lower all in sustaining costs when you're actually operating and they've got yeah, 100%. I think the, the number up. is 175 million pro forma cash that they'll have once and if this is all done and dusted. So that one other bit that stood out from the, the Genesis announcement was them advertising Saracen's total shareholder return. And I think we flagged this when we spoke <laughs> about it a couple weeks ago. I don't think Silver Lake picked the right fight flagging their total shareholder return. And we, we did delve into how they sort of tweaked the dates to, to make it look as good as it could look for Silver Lake. This is Genesis' they, rebuttal to, to that Silver Lake article. I think they've been waiting patiently for a reason to put out an announcement and here yeah, it is. They, and, picked, um, they picked the fight with the wrong person he, there. Here's the rebuttal. Uh, uh, they, they've extended it and made it eight years and they've measured it up to, um, up to you know, the merger with Northern Star. I actually think it would be fairer to include the Northern Star return post transaction but before Raul left and I'd, I'd, I'd include that and just look five years back but um, everyone's going to cherry pick this number. I, I kind of like the way they've gone about it because they're really emphasising the team that they've got now at Genesis is the one that got Saracen up yeah. and up until that point. Yeah, I, well, I, so I see that, why they've that done team, it. I'm pretty sure that team, the majority of them stayed at uh, Northern Star at, when Raul was leading it as managing director. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay, moving on to uh, a narrative being distributed. So this this is a story that's obviously been in the in the media I guess no, not helped by us, quite a bit over the past month or so. And we saw, naturally, everyone trying to do what they could to uh, influence the story and sort of verbalise their side of the story to get, you know, everyone to see how they see things. So it should, we, should we announce it, like, first to sort of let everyone know how this industry is going to work from here on in? So, look, there's an AFR article that's been leaked, information goes out, but... Just letting everyone know we run the mining news these days. Like it, it comes through us. You got any info, you just you call <laughs> us. Like we we own the bloody news now. Okay? Like, well, we don't we don't offer we don't offer immediate articles to go out, Maddie. Where there's a bit of a delay to our production. But um yeah, we, but we will unpack it. Delay in, in more, actual more th- quality. Yeah. Gentlemen, so uh, you want to get in touch, Matt at moneyofmine.com uh, yeah. if you want to develop a, <laughs> develop a good relationship to control your own narrative. So, oh, uh, we don't promise anyone the ability to control their narrative. We will, we will we'll give you, with, definitely give you a better chance size. of not contacting us. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I'm pretty keen to talk about like you know what what I see as um, you know like certainly um, what, what what looks a bit like a pretty deliberate attempt to 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 control a narrative in relation to this transaction on on Friday afternoon. Um, there was absolutely an email that was doing the rounds and it was sent out from a, a, a broker. It was actually, a, you know, a dealer note. So it wasn't a research note authorized by the research team, but it was a dealer note. And that dealer note had baked within it some some talking points that are relevant to um, the Genesis slash St. Barbara side of, of the of the transaction. And Pretty much every talking point was <laughs> on that side. Couldn't have been more skewed. Absolutely. And I think, you know, when you when you look at that dealer note and you sort of remove the emotional language from it, some of those points were good, some of them were pretty weak. Um, but the really interesting thing to me um, in this dealer note was actually when you when you open the attachments attached to this this email were actually a couple of um, research notes, so these are actual research reports from a different broker, and you looked at them and you opened them up and at the very top of their the PDF's page was a watermark that said um, these research notes have been downloaded from an employee of, of Genesis. So uh, it all just looked a bit funny, right? Like so, I mean that's one example. The other thing I think that we should um, talk about there is uh, an AFR article that, that came out in Street Talk yesterday. Um, and in the AFR article, it sort of mentioned, um, you know, this prediction that St. Barbara's board were going to say no to Silver Lake. Um, and, and baked in there were, I think, some more talking points as well. And, and when you look at, like, like when you look at this AFR article, I've got no insight to sort of how, how AFR gets hold of this article, right? But but just like whenever I read an AFR article, um, especially one on a deal and especially one where, it, you know, it's, it's, it involves a leak because it says sources have said, I always ask myself the question, um, who is best served if this were leaked? And that's usually the, the line of questioning that I, you know, I, I go to when I sort of hypothesize um, where, where the source of a leak might have come from. Yeah, I mean, the 
the section is street talk. So all the articles there rely on the journalists having, you know, connections throughout the industry. So I think going in with that sort of perspective is the right way to go about it. Totally. And, and I, I'm not critical of, of, you know, leaking things. I think like from an, from a strategy perspective, it's actually super advantageous at times to... Absolutely. Um, now, I've got, there's been a, been more mail that's come in today. The word on the street speaking, uh, there's money of mine, street talk, uh, that Silver Lake have cancelled their RBC roadshow that they were going over east for. So, which, though, though if, this, eh? if this deal uh, isn't getting accepted, were, would it, is there any point in going on a roadshow anyway until there's a new deal that's put in? Well, I, I want to talk about that in the, in the sort of perspective of what Silver Lake was actually trying to achieve with this whole thing. And we obviously spoke about this on the weekend and sort of did a bit of digging and just trying to understand what Silver Lake is trying to do with this bid for the Leonora assets. And we sort of put it in perspective with what they've done in the past. So you just sort of cast your your mind back to 2021 when they acquired the debt in Heart Gold and they, you know, went about it in quite a, a disciplined approach. And then you sort of think about the the merger between Dore and Silver Lake. And this happened, it be, began in late 2018. And Dore wasn't in a distressed situation to the extent that Hart was, but Silver Lake absolutely had the the upper hand in that merger. But yeah, I think putting the perspective of how they have gone about their M&A, that track record of being, you know, nimble, being opportunistic, it just didn't totally make a lot of sense to go and acquire the Leonore assets for near to $700 million, an asset that's been sort of, you know, infamous for how it hasn't performed over the last few quarters and years. So what do you guys mm. sort of think of Why that? Why pay up for an underperforming asset that they don't have obvious synergies with, right? Exactly. And we had sort of hypothesized speaking about this when we first recorded a couple of weeks ago, that some sort of M&A down the track had to be in the works, whether that be, you know, red, I think we mentioned at the time. There was always that sort of lens that like it didn't totally stack up on its own, did it? Yeah, the angle, the angle for Silver Lake is the the piece of the the puzzle that um, has has hasn't sat like you know it, it doesn't feel like I've had a resolution from that perspective um, you know for, for for a long time you know like what's what is their real goal here what is their angle here um, the market seemingly doesn't like the idea of spending up for an underperforming asset um, and and it doesn't really fit their uh, historic way that they go about M and A they they. They bid low. Um, they look for yeah distressed situations. They 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 get a really good entry price. It just it really just it doesn't fit right. So, um, and I think like you know where we came to and we we started hypothesizing is like, what if that what like I'm we're starting to entertain the thought that what if their real goal was never actually to spend up on these assets? Yeah, and that once you sort of look at it from that sort of perspective. You can really make the, um, the, the numbers and the, the facts around this, like you always can, sort of really support your argument. So coming into the equation, you know, at the more or less 11th hour, like there's no really realistic timeline before that they were going to be able to get that. They couldn't have come in any later and still had any reasonable chance of scooping this up. And then... With the cash and the the revised part of the bid, but not really changing an awful lot, you can really make the those details support your argument, can't you? I think you you could hypothesise that Silver Lake's real angle here, they they might they might have been looking to you know not not pay the seven hundred odd million dollars for for Leonora, but perhaps their goal you know we we could speculate could just be to nudge St Barbara, elongate this process. Um, stretch it out a while and and in the process of stretching it out um like 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 who knows what the solvency of saint barbara could be in in any interim period and and if that solvency um element of of saint barbara um let you know led led to a a, a down the track of administration then that's a scenario where silver lake does thrive and and i think we dismissed last week that i dismissed that the fact that Ulysses needs Gualia or Silver for, for this whole thing to work. But I think with uh, the fact that they can just truck the dirt to Mount Morgan's the, and this whole administration um, concept is that the fact that Genesis would end up just walking away, which would have tipped over their St. Barbara deal because they would have um, 
the banks would have foreclosed. Why would why debt. would Genesis walk away? Well, would they would they hang around and pay I, more for Leonora when they can just truck it to Mount Morgan? Well, I think I think the the point that we're sort of getting at would be that Silver Lake would be much better suited in a uh, a battle over that distressed asset, given the the sort of size of their balance sheet totally. at the moment. Way better balance sheet. But they'd end up getting it a lot cheaper. If it went they, into they, a yeah, it be, it be putting cheaper, them head to it'd, head. It'd be cheaper and also they're better equipped. Like, um, yeah. yeah, if, if you're, if you're um, the, the administrator of the process, you, you're going to look a lot more favourably on a, on a bid from um, you know, a counterparty that has, yeah, a, like an amazing balance sheet and cash-producing assets already. It's, it's a sort of auction of sorts, you know, and if you're tossing up head-to-head Genesis in that position, given Silver Lake, I think that's, that's the point we're making there. And, and that's a scenario that, probably fits Silver Lake's historic acquisition dynamics um, or or at least, yeah, the the way that we evaluate, you know, their previous two acquisitions, either semi-distressed or distressed situations. Um, And it's also an outcome that would be horrendous for St. Barbara's current shareholders if it ever got to that. Absolutely. It'd be really awful. And I guess, you know, Silver Lake could come out with a a revised proposal in the next couple of weeks and make us eat our words, but that was just something we were – spitballing and hypothesizing over the past couple of days. But the only way they would have went into administration would be if they Genesis either walked away or they went the process went on too long and the bank yeah, foreclosed it, their debt. It's that thirtieth it? of June date, well, isn't it? Totally. And I mean like like so I mean Silver Lake's offer was subject to D D and that was a you know point made pretty well by the St. Barbara side. So so like if 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 Silver Lake wanted to annoy an Elon Gate, they'd stretch out the D D. They say they still got a few things um to, to check the financing thing could be held up. Um, there are just conditions that could be stretched out over a long enough period of time to the point where their solvency could be in question. And 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 I guess there is uncertainty around how how Genesis sort of um, back backfills anything that time. So you could you could make the argument that Silver Lake's real goal here was to annoy annoy um, Saint Barbara and sort of stretch stretch out their their solvency over a period of time as well that could be that could be a strategic thing where they could be even more opportunistic and get a better price and i think that kind of flows to the next question what what does silver lake do now so those performance rights are converting into shares that's conditional on saint barbara shareholders approving the the revised genesis transaction that's pre june 30th obviously so that's like that's 60 million or 65 million bucks right in the bank straight up so that's a that's a big ticket item Yep, and um, you sort of flagged what you'd heard on the decline before that uh, the the roadshow with RBC that was publicised also in the AFR article yesterday has been uh, cancelled. So, looking and that at means they're probably staying there. Obviously, are they either that would mean they're either not partaking in the deal at all, or they are keeping on base to put a revised offer in. I'm not sure you can, yeah, have. Have a good view on on what that means. Um, what do you think it means? What is the hot? Well, I, I sort of talked talk through a couple other scenarios. You know, so one thing that we spoke about before would would they just go and buy some stock? And I I find this hard to believe. We've flagged already that they get exposure to the assets they don't want exposure to. They get a block of shares that they don't really want. They'd have to buy a sizable amount. Another thing could be potentially lobbying St. Barbara shareholders. So they did flag in the initial proposal that they'd had that they had L1 and Baker Steel on their side that was sort of you know conspicuously not in the revised offer so and then and to note that Baker Steel are Genesis shareholders and Silver Lake have claimed in their announcement that they were siding with them but it appears that that hasn't gone down too well yeah I think you could sort of you know, you could considering you could they're a Genesis that. shareholder. Well, that's what the AFR is writing, right? Yeah. So, what's sort of driving the the rationale behind Silver Lake going after these Leonora assets? Obviously, we we touched on it a bit before there as well. But like, is there a sort of growth problem that a lot of mid cap gold stocks have? You know, they never want to get to that point where the assets are winding down and they're just. Re- returning capital to shareholders because then they fall out of the indexes and that has a lot of flow on negative effects on the share price. So does it mean they look at other M&A options, you know, are there, are there names out there that you guys would sort of put forward that could potentially be, be interested if it, you know, doesn't come to it that they get the Leonora assets? Well, they want short-term answers, it appears. Like Walia is the easiest way to get short-term answers right now. Um, <clears throat> they're obviously looking to fill a production 
void coming up with mm. uh, Mount Munga not winding down. I know Daisy Bellano is winding down, uh, which was their, their flagship asset on the Mount Munga side. So, I think even before we talk about the M&A like, options for them, I think we should put a line through, you know, there are other options in this deal, right? Like, like what, what could they do in this deal now? They've, they've, they've either got to increase value um, you know, like, like, in, and substantially, um, and, and also simultaneously, like, reduce conditionality. So, um, and probably significant and reduce the or increase the cash component because you look at how much their headline value's gone down due to the script component. Yeah. Um, they'd have to nearly whether decrease the ca- script or put a lot, lot, lot more upfront cash. In. Yeah, and even even like offering high, like a substantially higher value amount if you if you do that too close to completion then it and it's it's pretty hard to still get over the line um so like that yeah that like how do you increase the value piece um script and cash is a way to do it do they do that it's pretty risky and we speculate that they don't even really or they might not even really want to pay up for them so it just feels like um this movie sort of you know uh genesis going check on the chessboard um and it, and it doesn't look like there are too, too many you know, rational options yet. But yeah. by, by all accounts, to us, it sounds like um, you never know, right? We're playing that scenario out in my head and you're thinking, what would St. Barbara sort of come back with? You know, they, they don't want that con- conditionality. They were already critical of the, the Taurus aspect of, of the debt. And the fact that what we've heard is that they've cancelled the roadshow so they wouldn't be doing uh, a placement and being able to just put the cash up front straight away makes it seem unlikely, but it's just a guess. At and this then moment. definitely the St. Barbara, uh, buying St. Barbara shares, like even like, like hypothetically say if they got to 20%, um, they still only need 50% of St. Barbara shareholders to approve it. Does that... And that they wouldn't get to 20% holding. The stock is not liquid enough to do that in yeah. a short enough period of time. Well, even if they got to 10, like they could still get outvoted on the Genesis deal anyway and they'd be left with 10% of St. Barbara. So Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, okay, what's and, – and then and then coming back to your point, like on, you know, are they – are they is you know, do they need to do M&A to fill a growth gap? Then what are their options, right? Well, the first one that comes to mind based on their – as they quoted in their announcements, their underground mining expertise, the only one that springs to mind first up is Pentoro. Um, so there, I know there's open pits there at the at the moment, but there is that underground component. Um, there is, and that sort of fits that distressed yeah. assets that you've spoken of. Um, they are in but the in, process of emerging themselves. Yeah, but yeah. like in terms of the highlight, it seems that they want ounces right now. So looking at yeah, they wouldn't uh, be looking at development, would they? No, no. Like like say, let's pick one, like Gascoigne, for instance. Like yes, they've got a mill, they've got a potential mine, but it's still being still being drilled out. Doesn't have a doesn't have a mine plan. Like it's a great, great asset, but um, tricky yeah. pathway to control with Tembo on the board and also earning twenty percent. And yeah, and it yeah. won't. And it might be. It's a, a long time before they're going to get the dirt out of there. So, um, any any other ones come to mind for you, boys? Short term, Red Five and other. Yeah, like like semi distressed opportunity potentially. Um, or if they if they if you know if I know, I know it's um, it's probably not. You know, like Silver Lake don't have a history of buying the undeveloped project and developing it necessarily, but you know, there's Ozgold um, stands out as, as an option, but but there are open pits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't say they. It looks like they want to. Well, they're going for Gwale, which would be it's one of the most difficult mines to. Or you could nearly say the most difficult mine to make money out of that is operating in Australia at the moment, and they're going for that. So they obviously want an underground mine to feed their ounces. So. No, Pantoro is the only one that comes to mind for me, uh, unless mm. they want to pay overs for something else. So, yeah, plenty more to pay out. What are you, What's the next piece of news coming out, boys? Revised deal from Silver Lake. That's the only thing we balls, can wait the for. The Balls family in their court, right? Um, I, yeah, look, I, I, I'm a bit dubious that, that they've got um, a card up their sleeve still. Um, but you ask around the town and everyone sort of says that, um, you know, that that Silver Lake aren't sort of, you know, the sort of company that just um, give up on things when they've, when they've got, got a view on, on, uh, on something. They really go for it. So who knows, mate? JD? I think if you were going to pick who's going to end up with, with Gualia in a couple of months' time, you'd probably be siding with Genesis now, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. And as I as I said, the whole the sequences of events from 
yesterday, today, or I guess the patience of the Genesis Quarter and Rail uh, to rip this out now. But, uh, all compliments from me, I can tell you that much. Uh, I reckon it's been a bit of a masterclass. Well, this should have, I mean, it probably should have been that, like we're, how many times are we cutting the DRIs? Maybe should have been the recut before instead of tying the contingent payment. Um, in the first place, well, the I guess the one the one before was just a bit cheaper. Uh, they've played it played it on long enough, and they're probably getting the best value they can now, considering all the circumstances. So, right, let's get on to the other news. Uh, Anglo Gold Ashanti they've outgrown South Africa and delisting to move its uh, primary listing to the New York Stock Exchange. So CEO Alberto. Calderon says the that the pool of capital is deeper in the US and that a secondary listing incorporating South Africa was restricting access to that pool of capital. And in the process, they've also announced that their ASX listing, which is AGG, will also see slats. Pretty interesting one, Matty. Um, I, I read this and, and I, I, I kind of just ask myself, um, is there another reason that's not sort of being put forward to the market at the moment? And and in the back of my mind is like sometimes you do see companies trying to tidy up their listing structure um, to coincide with with a with a deal. Sometimes it makes it easier to do deals, um, or, or it's yeah like there, there are certain you know listing rule compliances when you when you try and merge with another company who has other compliance obligations as well. Sometimes you just try and tidy it up. So I want I was wondering in my head if um, if Anglo are just tidying up their listing structure um, as a as a, you know like a potentially um, prefacing a, a deal that could be in the works for them. And I sort of thought of, you know, when, when BHP had that, that weird sort of dual listing structure, um, that, was a, that was a pretty strange one. But um, six months before they announced the, the unification there, uh, you even had Mike Henry himself saying it wasn't a priority to, to tidy it up. But, it, but they ultimately did. And I think one of the reasons that they did is because it, it made the, the, the oil and gas merger um, with, with, the, with the Woodside I think a lot more doable from just a distribution of shares perspective. So, you know, that's an example of tidying up your listing structure um, to facilitate, um, you know, some some deal parameters. Yeah, from a from a trading perspective, it it does make sense. I just had a quick peek at the what the trading volume has been with the CDIs in Australia, and 0.1 percent had been done through the CDIs of the the whole total trading volume of the company in Australia. So, I think it's it's pretty common to see that with CDIs where they have the the primary listing on a major exchange and to your point just sort of speculating on any um, potential mergers or anything out there we obviously saw in March that Anglo Gold and Goldfields had announced a pretty major JV in uh, Ghana with that asset to the the adjacent mines there to produce over 900,000 ounces for the first five years now they ruled out a merger straight away of course they would but if you were if you were going to speculate, it wouldn't be the first time that we see a company backtrack, like you just said, with what had gone on at BHB. That'd be a pretty decent sized company too, merging or well, in Australia. You got Sunrise Dam, Tropicana, all Goldfields assets with uh, Gold Road as well. Um, yeah, I think the the market caps at the moment were ten and sixteen. And you look at the Newmont Newgrass deal that you know just got the the tick of approval today. It it, it kind of just fits that thematic of you know, these major sort of tying hands here. And, and I think the other angle here is that um, it could it could maybe have something to do with, with geopolitical positioning as well. I think in recent months, South Africa, they've been allowing some Chinese ships in their waters, even docking at the port there. And I've read a few things about the, the concern that, you know, South Africa might be geopolitically aligning themselves to China. I'm certainly no geopolitical expert, but, um, you know, the exchange move away from um, the South African exchange, it, it, might, it might be motivated by that too. Yeah, I find that a, a really uh, interesting angle. So South Africa is a part of the, the BRICS block and that's a sort of essentially uh, a forum for regional powers across the world to to communicate and come up with agreements of sorts. So I think we'll pretty quickly, like you said, get out of our depth talking about these sort of things, but it has been pretty notable to see the the level of de-dollarization talk just getting louder and louder really since the, the Ukraine war started and the US started really you know, using its muscle in terms of its reserve currency status. So these BRICS nations are just really trying to be a counterweight to US power around the world. And South Africa's biggest trading partner still is cumulatively the the EU, but along with a heap of Asian countries through the, the Belt and Road Initiative, the, the ties between 
South Africa and China have been getting getting stronger and stronger. So it's a pretty fascinating balancing act they're playing. Then Friday, we've got a bit of uh, bit, bit of coin flowing into the copper market, lads. Mate, indeed. I, like I, I, I make a point to always try and look at what announcements get dropped after market on Friday to see if there's uh, any bombs that um, people are just trying to trying to you know post on the ASX after. Um, when no one's looking anymore and I think like the one theme that I saw in the announcements that popped up aftermarket on the Friday just gone there's a bit of movement in what the fundies are doing around these copper stocks right like first centia they, they've gone substantial on AIC mines buying on market by the looks of the trades and they're now up to 6.8% ownership paradise they've been selling down their position in Aries down to 6.6% from 8.1%. And on Friday when we interviewed Sam Berridge, he, he said that there, there's an opportunity from a valuation perspective on Aries. So another, another interesting point on that company. L1, they've been selling down their position in Sandfire. They're no longer substantial shareholder there, so sub five. Um, and another announcement that popped up on my radar when I was looking at them, it's not a, it's not copper stock related, but dropped Friday after market. And this is an example of the, the bombs. Um, a director at QPM, Queensland Pacific Metals, um, sold sold all his ordinary shares. Um, and th- and that, that company, they're developing the technical cobalt project and he on market sold all his, all his shares. Not a good sign. How much they go down? <laughs> Bloody gut load, I assume. Um, right, recap on the other news. As Trav mentioned before, Newcrest, they've accepted Newmont's takeover offer. You've got Encounter Resources had Neurology results on Friday that lifted them 23%. So the announcement just stated that airborne gravity survey data outlined new targets. So the key piece of info that has punters excited on this is that their land package is adjacent and very close to WA1's Looney Discovery. Uh, they're now capped at 92 million, not bad for a uh, explorer. Essential metals. So we recently saw as shareholders rejected a takeover by Tianchi and IGA, thanks part to Minres buying a 20% stake. And they've been making rumblings that they're interested in signing an off-take agreement with an Asian customer. So Minres could be interested in winning the mining services contract or getting the off-take from ESS or trying to read between the lines here, Essential could potentially be trying to get Minres to step up with an alternative offer of some sort. So a bit more to play out there by the looks. Uh, Centaurus, CTM. So they've had some Greenfields Greenfields nickel sulphide hits at their Jaguar deposit in Brazil. So potential for more nickel resource at the Jaguar site. So gentlemen, sensational episode and or there will not be the last time we talk about the silver lake genesis saint barbara oh geez what's end game here mate when this finishes what the hell what's our next little thing gonna be oh then we say we did say dry blower report that a potential uh talks of merger takeover of uh between pilbara and patriot well sam Told us on uh, on Friday that we're sort of in the first innings of the M and A cycle in the metals and mining space, so I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about. Beautiful. Hooteroo. The information contained in this episode of Money of Mine is of general nature only and does not take into account the objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular person. Before making any investment decision, you should consult with your financial advisor and consider how appropriate the advice is to your objectives, financial situation and needs.